0: Stand firm
1: against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. the bell today but i made it i'm here
2: she said classes in session right yeah oh about. yeah all right
1: i almost wasn't but i made it i'm here
2: johnny's here i
1: am yay
2: me you're, yay.
0: you're always waiting for that 15 minute rule where the uh you get an automatic dismissal if the professor doesn't show up
2: yeah, is that one. really a rule though uh
0: at my college it was was it mm-hmm.
2: damn it was always like an unwritten rule. Actually,
0: no. We all we all got a piece of paper. Somebody chipped in for a piece of paper, and we all signed it, and we taped it on the door, and then we just cut out nice. on Broad Street. Nice. We all Shipped like kind in. of we we stuck it on the door. We all ran in separate direction uh, directions like fucking cockroaches. Chipped
3: okay, right, right. <laughs> in for a piece of paper. Is that what you said? Yeah. So literally, like your school was so poor that you need to have a collection. for I think one single <laughs> piece of paper. Our
0: school was so poor, Jesus and
3: we Christ, were so poor. How yeah. much was the pen and the and the tape? <laughs>
0: you have to do like a fucking. Um, I didn't give anybody pencils out. The <laughs> hell! to have a school did, drive for that. Exactly. Give did us they, a did pen did, and some did, paper. Did they have
3: to have a bake a bake sale. <laughs> I was gonna say there needs to be
2: a bake sale for us. They don't give us fucking school supplies.
3: No, nope. <laughs> I'd hate to see what's in the brownies that we come up with. That's
2: some bullshit.
3: would be more than, than uh, the extra $2 a month Dude, for student we, lunches.
1: If we had a bake sale, <laughs> Bill would probably eat the profit.
2: <laughs> fucking right I would. Where'd
3: all those brownies go? Oh, no. I don't
1: know what I'm
2: talking about. Don't touch my fucking brownies. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. On that note, I'm, I'm, now I want a fucking brownie. I had two, uh, I I have two <laughs> rebels, so I'm ready. It is good to be in class today. Thank you for being here my name is bill roar i am a member of the satanic temple and a member of love city satanists here in philadelphia and today i am joined by these d gens i
3: am johnny voorhees and what bill said i am also a member of well done i am father l bless you my children and uh ditto <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am veronica the Vatican. And I'm unique. I'm aligned. I'm just there aligned you know. with the seven tenets. Oh
1: yeah, I forgot to mention that. You're just. i highly aligned with the Sativa <laughs> Temple. Sorry, Reverend. I forgot to mention
2: that. All right. Well, what is Satanic Study Hall? Slacker. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah, what is Satanic <laughs> Study Hall? I'll tell you. Satanic Study Hall is a podcast uh, featuring a rotating bench of degens, heathens, and members of the Satanic Temple. Uh, we get together a couple times a month and talk some shit. Um, Speak of Satanism from its inception to modern day. We dive into news um, when it's relevant. Music, entertainment, movies, books, porn. Um, I'm missing something. Uh,
3: Some Catholic school literature.
2: Speaking of porn, what is the proper name for tentacle porn?
1: I do not know, sir.
2: Hentai. Hentai. Kind
3: of. That's like like Japanese, isn't it? it?
2: It's like Japanese know,
1: animation, isn't
2: but it? I like. So
3: Google for the answer.
2: I like tentacle porn. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. <laughs> tentacle Ooh, tentacle porn just belies into the tentacle porn, but yeah, I don't know. if Something just fucking does it for me.
3: I think tentacle erotica, maybe.
2: Uh, Inner species erotica
3: hentai. Sounds right. Sounds good.
2: Tentacle hentai. That sounds. Uh, that sounds fitting. Tentac- sure.
3: Tentacles.
2: So yeah, maybe know. maybe we'll talk about tentacle hentai on Satanic stuff. The
3: farther down in the Google search results I go, the more scared I get.
2: <laughs> I would, too. Um,
0: as long as it's your search history we're discussing and not mine.
3: Cool. <laughs> Remind me to burn this phone when we're done recording.
2: <laughs> but on top of that, um, you know, we try to get a little silly. We also try to meet new people and gain new perspective. We've spent a lot of time in the last few months getting to know other members of the Satanic community, um, community leaders. Uh, writers, artists, um, and we featured a couple of them on our podcast. I mean, we've had, you know, Matt Lake and Mason Hargett and members of our goat farm and Aria de Satanis and Charmaine and the Bean with a personal journey. Uh, Allie with her personal journey. Um, you know, Dennis came on strong with the podcast with a personal journey. So we, we really do like to gain perspective. And that's kind of what this whole normie Satanism journey is about. Outside of that, you can expect just some fuckery camaraderie um and community all right and if you want to support the podcast you can do that at patreon.com satanic study hall we have three membership tiers one is 333 a month where you get stickers a little welcome note uh and access to all of our bonus content on patreon 666 gets you a fucking kick-ass composition book with our logo on the front um, empty books so you can take notes or draw fucking pictures of Baphomet or whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, you also get a pencil, pencil case. What else did we give him, Johnny? Uh, am I missing anything on that one?
1: No, I think you got it all.
0: Advancing no, man, advantages. Yes. What other advancing advantages are you giving our patrons? And
2: there with? are advancing advantages if you step up the tiers. I love, I love those two words together. I think that can be a thing. So, and the advanced advantage of being a $20 VIP member at Satanic Study Hall. I'll get you a Satanic Study Hall fucking t-shirt. You get a one-on-one Zoom session if you are interested in doing so with us. Um, we'll try to keep it entertaining. Uh, Johnny tends to scare him away.
1: And I kind of hurt my feelings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Johnny scares him away because Johnny's never there.
1: So fuck him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're like why isn't johnny here and they take it personally and they hit, the, and they hit end call that's right he's not here i'm not doing it that's right, i'm out sounds like somebody Speaking i know back my two dollars I, I was gonna say that sounds like somebody i know he's not here i'm out
0: i don't know what you're, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about
2: yes yeah, so patreon um that's you know how we kind of Get some of our bills paid when it comes to production. So, if you want to consider supporting us, we would appreciate it. If not, bottom line is we just appreciate your ears. So, absolutely, thank you for being here.
0: But you do also keep our little goat fed.
2: That is yes. true. The horny goat weed is not advantages. cheap. Yay! Always advance It's like potent potables. Yeah, it's great. Advancing advantages. Fucking
1: copyright that shit for
3: someone uh, else. Do a few user. more VIPs and we'll be able to afford some horny goat cocaine. The
2: horny goat. Oh, yes. <laughs> It's a gateway drug, right? Fucking devil's lettuce. That would be the goat's lettuce, right? Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Um, <laughs> quickest way to get in touch with us and to get our attention uh, is by giving us a one-star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's
1: the number one way. Yeah, no,
2: seriously. Um, we'll talk about that later. But uh, you can email us at satanicstudyhall at gmail.com. Uh, all of us are all over that email. Someone will get back to you pretty quickly. Um, unless it's the holidays and we lose sight of shit, sorry to everybody we owe an email to, it's coming soon. Um, all right, so I think that kind of takes care of business. Al, what's what's up with the uh, normie Satanism?
3: Oh my god! Well, it's it's just been an amazing ride chatting with uh, with Mason, who's been such a, a great inspiration. Uh, talking with uh, with Alex, with Rhett, and with Walter, uh, getting some some. Um, perspective on normie satanism from a couple of normie satanists and uh one member who gave us kind of the the perspective on normie satanists from someone who is not and that would be Rhett and yeah you know it's really great not only having a chance to to talk with uh, them but also to continuing to engage with some of the members of our goat farm um and have them actually participate in the podcast so i mean as someone who never really fit in when i first met this crowd uh it was just just absolutely amazing for me to kind of, it felt a little bit empowering. Like I could be who I am and help other people see that, you know, even though you are who you are, you're, you can be a part of this community and you'll be accepted for that. So to everyone who I had the opportunity to talk to, thank you so much. And as we can continue this, uh, the series today, you're in for quite a treat. I mentioned this a couple of times, you know, I always say like, you can be a, you know, you can dress the part, you can look the part act the part live the lifestyle but it's all up here in your head that that's where the freak is like, yeah not all yeah, of us have yeah.
0: to wear lipstick and eyeliner
2: and i think I that's like yeah to. i think that's how hail satan really kind of you know what gave it most of its shock value is what you were saying how the media has perpetuated this image and this you know this overall fucking design of what a satanist should or shouldn't look like right. and then you see a documentary like hail satan and you're like what the fuck like Really? Everybody. Like I look like him yeah, or everybody. her or, and I kind of think the way they're, yeah. they're yeah. talking. And then you're, you know, you're captivated and enthralled. And you know through this normie Satanism journey talking to Mason and everything. And, you know, even everybody that we've talked to, because there's so many people in our, our community, whether it's the goat farm or just people that the four of us or five of us, or just anybody that's involved with the podcast or meeting is that there's a lot of new people like that documentary served its purpose. And it's continuing to serve its purpose. It's 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 just you know light bulbs are going off and, and people it's getting people's attention. And trust me, there's plenty of people that have seen that doc. Oh, maybe done some research and realized that it's not for them. Right. But there's a lot of people who realized it was, mm-hmm. and that's pretty sure. fucking cool to hear all of these stories and everything.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I hopefully we can keep doing it. Um, just because like I think I think it was the first time I saw the documentary. I was kind of put off by the theatrics actually a lot and and the aesthetic of the theatrics and and the point and the shouting and just some of what was going on but um al with you doing these couple of interviews and the couple people that we've had the pleasure of talking to um it balances that as- aspect of the temple and of the documentary for me personally it it makes it more digestible
1: yep well i mean even in the i think it was the first episode that we actually did bill whatever one was a uh, Was it roll call? Was that the very first episode we did uh,
2: roll call was the, the very first one, like the trailer. And then there was back to basics, back to which basics. was like all about satanic temple, like intro mm-hmm. to the temple ty- temple type deal.
1: Yeah. I think during that episode, I even mentioned Mason when, yeah. we, were, when we were talking about, how we all met and all that
2: I remember talking about Mason with you in my kitchen yeah like back in February yep. like right after because I mean then we started watching uh, The Great Satan everything is terrible yeah. afterwards yep. <laughs> I love putting that mm. shit on right um, don't watch it while you're high trust me do watch it while you're high watch experience. it on mushrooms watch it on acid watch it however your I, mind desires
3: I'm so go. sorry for whoever it's takes a diff- Bill's advice on
2: this it's a different experience every time yep. it's like wonder shows and in- <laughs> ah, I love me some wonder shows. and um, Don't
3: watch that high either.
2: So yeah, Trust that, me. That is what is in store for this episode. Um, interviews, conversation, insight, perspective. Um, so this is normally Satanism part two. And like we said, there was a lot to cover on this topic. So we did split it into two episodes and uh, I think it was worth it. But before we move forward and introduce our goat farm guests, um, I think we need to kind of go around the room, catch up a little bit. So, um, we'll start with Johnny. I like to start oh, with what Johnny. You
1: start with me for?
2: Johnny, I'm going to ask you one question. Oh, fuck. How are you now?
1: How am I now? Uh, you can't answer a question
3: know. with another question.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's Those are the rules, right? Especially fuck if it's the, the same rules. question.
3: That's lazy. Fuck the righteous. <laughs> fuck the righteous. That's about it.
2: Fuck the righteous. <laughs> fuck the righteous. That's Johnny's update.
1: Update? No, no I mean the, uh i mean it this is this is post holidays so I mean the holidays went about as well as they could have in our situation you know we didn't we didn't weren't able to give to uh give the kids the Christmas that we wanted to give them, you know, but they were happy at least I think they were if not they they put on a pretty brave face, you know, but that's mostly me and my wife didn't we didn't get each other anything. it was mostly all for the kids, but you know it it i mean I think they were happy with with what happened. We weren't, we weren't able to like get a tree or anything I have like a strawberry barrel tree and I put that up and put lights on it
2: I, I, I did that um, two years Yeah, right, and since Andrew's been around
1: it was disappointing you know to me but you gotta do what you gotta do man and we made it we made it happen but it could have been a lot better if we weren't in the situation that we're in
2: hey I saw an awesome picture of you embracing your little man yeah. that very night mm-hmm. so uh, it looked like it ended on a good note
1: yeah it did Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it You didn't bring down.
2: shit down. That's good news. We all go through shit, brother. And um
1: New Year's the, was quiet for once.
2: This would you know that's like a
1: fireworks going off till like four AM?
2: Yeah. Well not to break rotation, but as far as the Christmas from a relations standpoint, this is a gift card and massively <laughs> depressive Christmas yeah, for it was. me too. It really so was. I think we all adapted rather well. Yes, I do. I Fa- do too. Father Al, how are you now?
3: I'm great. I gotta say, I'm great. I mean, last night uh, we did our second uh, Satanic Study Hall group therapy, our Zoom get-together. We had about a dozen people. Uh, We're going to be doing this monthly, looking like the first Wednesday at around 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We're all going to be getting together. Check out the Goat Farm. We'll have a uh, pop-up, the Facebook event in there so you can follow in on Zoom. Got to give a couple shout-outs to Veronica and Dennis, uh, our hosts who were able to join uh, last night. It was an awesome time. We had about, like I said, about 12, 13 of us. And special Gold Star participation to Cole, who's all the way over in the UK. And I think by the time I went to bed, he was still on, and it was 3.30 in the morning, which is awesome. The fact that we're getting people who are willing to stay up late for us all over the world is just so humbling and something to you know we we should all be proud of that you know everyone's so uh so so into what we're doing here. Yeah so that's, that's awesome. That that is awesome. That's I mean, that was engaging you, yeah. and you know between that and um I was talking to someone today about you know getting more events going. I'm like we are you know we've got our uh the awesome uh twice a week uh art Facebook get together that I know Keen's doing on Sunday. Veronica's doing on Wednesday, unless I'm mistaken.
0: Uh, no, Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Sorry. A My lot bad. of us are in there on Sundays.
3: Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, no, I'm yeah. You know, I mean, just say I'm just to say I'm great. I mean, just you know, we're getting we just keep growing and growing. The farm's growing. Everything. I'm just I'm just one happy little Satanist. That's it. I'm done.
2: Fucking love the farm, Veronica. How are you now? They are
0: Doing okay. I like the farm, too. Um, So thank you, Kian and Sarah, specifically for helping me spearhead this kind of um, this new thing we're doing, which is weekly art rooms. Uh, I I think it's going to be it's going to be weekly Sundays from noon to four, typically, and then depending on my schedule every Tuesday night. So if you are in the farm, just come check us out. uh, Hit me up with a question or uh, hit Kian up with a question and you know, we'll answer as best we can. We'll let everybody know when we'll be in and when we'll just be doing stuff. And if you are a member of the farm, it can be anything. There's no pressure to talk ever. We all have a little bit of social anxiety. I have a lot of social anxiety. (laughs) So there's never any pressure to converse. You can sit there, do whatever creative craft or artistic thing you are into. You can show it. You don't have to, but if you want to show it, you can get feedback uh, it's something that i think we're we're all really proud we we had that collective idea one night on on one of the goat farm zooms and i'm really happy i used to sit in coffee shops for hours and just sketch and people would come up to me and look at what i was sketching and that would start new conversations you'd make new friends kian was in the same situation he would go to pubs and and do his art but we can't do that anymore because of our great little friend uh, the coronavirus and until that lightens up we have to find virtual alternatives to do things and i'm really happy that this community has taken so much initiative in doing that
2: so it's my turn right yes sir right, here we go What's bill there, man? here we go bill how are you now good and you not so bad we're good all right all right moving, moving on, on. Uh, um see now why can't
1: i do that i was going to talk and shit
2: yeah fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so like I said, a topic like normie satanism can't be a report out session, right? Um, a topic like this needs perspective and conversation and we are going to do just that. So we're going to cut to Al's conversation with Rhett. Uh, Rhett is the owner, operator, and designer of Dark Art Depository. Now, if you've listened to our podcast, that should sound familiar. We've been partnering with Rhett and Dark Art Depository over the last few months and have even gotten to do which i fucking enjoyed i mean i got bit by a bunch of fucking mosquitoes but um we did a fun little satanic halloween photo shoot where in some of dark art Depositories work was well, fun um we all got to kind of model some of his new designs and stuff um and rhett has been a major supporter of satanic study hall um overall and we're excited to get to talk to him about normie satanism run, run,
5: run you are you're the antichrist what yeah that's what you are you are the motherfucking antichrist hail satan
3: hi everyone it's father al back again as part of our ongoing series on normie satanism we're excited to be joined by Rhett pierce of dark art depository we've had the pleasure of speaking with several normie satanists and those that fit that description This time, we wanted to get the perspective of someone whose lifestyle lends itself to the more typical satanic look to find out their thoughts on how personal appearance ties into one satanic identity. Rhett, thank you for joining us.
6: Glad to be here. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. So, Rhett, tell us a little about yourself and your path to satanism.
6: Well, uh, I was raised uh, in a fundamental Pentecostal household. Where very strict, uh, took the Bible literally. Really, that fundamental aspect of Christianity was my identity up until uh, my mid-30s, which was, I'm 43 now, so about six years ago, I started the process of deconstructing my faith. At the time, I didn't think I was going to leave Christianity. I, I felt like I was uh, just going to leave fundamental Christianity, and the more research I did, I read a lot of books from all angles. Uh, explored some paganism, I explored heathenism, explored Buddhism, and led me to the point that I now would say I'm agnostic, and you know, there's no definitive proof either way. I, I can't look at you and say there's no God. But also that path made me super anti-church, anti-Christianity, just dealing with my trauma of coming out of Christianity. Everything was anti—everything that I feel now is very anti-Christianity. And Satanism was the very most anti-Christian thing I could find. (laughs) Yeah, it's— It's amazing because of all the Satanists I know, I would put them up against 99% of the Christians I know as far as being loving and empathetic and compassionate and accepting of people and willing to go the extra mile as far as helping their fellow human being, no matter their faith.
3: Yeah, I know. I heard one time. Uh, actually, I've heard several times over the years uh, that you know the, the kindest, nicest people they ever met, you know, were bikers with tattoos, and the most judgmental people they ever met were at church on Sunday.
6: So, oh yeah, I used to wait tables, and I hated waiting tables on Sunday afternoon because that was the worst time to get tips. Because right, the church crowd—they never tipped.
3: Yeah, because they probably dropped it all off at the till at the church, right? They're all out of. Oh, way. Yeah
6: kind of put it way so, into heaven.
3: So, um, tell us a little bit about Dark Art Depository real quick. Uh, just, you know, since we're going into the, you know, the more of the satanic look, just want to, you know, tell us a little bit about it.
6: Well, dark art is my latest, uh, version of me expressing myself through art. Um, I had, when I went through my ex- existential crisis and left Christianity, I had a, I had a mental breakdown and uh, I was hospitalized three times, attempted suicide, attempted suicide twice. Uh, My wife is pointing out at me. I uh, completely had to like change my identity. And so I've always been an artistic person. Uh, I'm a musician. I'm a singer. Uh, Those were, that's where I came from. And that outlet was church. And so I sang and I played at, at church and now You know, when I left church, I didn't have those outlets. And so I shifted it to physical art, started with just generic stuff. Um, And as I ventured into Satanism, um, started exploring the themes in Satanism. and, And I like a lot of Satanic stuff is black and white in your face. My goal with dark art was to make kind of not cheesy stuff, but not stuff that just from an aesthetic looked strictly satanic, you know, like, like if you look at black metal um, bands and their, their logos, like you could barely read their logos because they're so out there. And so when I started creating graphics for uh dark art, that that was where I was leaning, you know, something that just glancing at somebody could read versus like a, a death metal logo that, you know, somebody's got to really struggle to see what it means. So really, dark art is my, my therapy as far as, uh, dealing with my, my anxiety and my depression.
3: So how has your personal look changed over the years, especially at the time that you began to identify as a Satanist?
6: Well, uh, if I showed pictures of myself to you from 10 years ago, you wouldn't recognize me. I was very straight laced. I, uh, wore a suit to work to church. I wore a uniform to work and when I wasn't wearing a uniform, I wore a shirt and tie. Um, I actually have no tattoos mainly because uh, growing up in uh, a Christian environment, it was frowned upon. And so I didn't leave Christianity, you know, until my late thirties. And I just, I, I have a list of ideas that I want. I've just never, uh, taking the plunge and went and got one. I do have uh, pretty good size ear piercings that are gradually getting bigger, but I didn't start that until after I left uh, Christianity. And that was more of a the jobs I worked had dress codes and, and I couldn't have the big ear piercings. Um, I'm a stay at home dad now. And so I don't really have a dress code, pretty much wear whatever, whatever I want. Really the biggest change in my aesthetic was the kind of shirts I wear. Uh, a lot of death metal bands I listen to now. When I be- when I did become a Satanist, my uh, my taste in music has always been leaned uh heavy metal, but it's gotten gradually heavier. Uh so uh I went more into death metal, black metal, but I also listen to a lot of reggae. So it's kind of <laughs> kind of abnormal. A little of the abnormal mixing there.
3: Do you participate in uh, any public or perhaps a private satanic rituals?
6: I do. Uh, a lot of them are very private, not really anything I can talk about. Um, I do, uh, I have uh, Shiva Honey's uh, The Devil's Tome. Um, and so I do use that as a, a uh, reference to my own satanic practice. I do a lot of reading, probably. I lean more towards ritual as just not necessarily like uh, what somebody would call a ritual, but more of like just a routine, things that you you do every day to try and center yourself or put yourself in a right mind frame. I used to, quote unquote, use prayer for that. But to me now, I I think prayer is just meditation. It's just you know, centering yourself. And so I can't really call it praying because I don't believe in a God. Sitting and focusing on the art that I'm trying to create and using that to center myself each day is really probably the biggest ritual I would partake in.
3: What advice do you have for anyone who wants to become a Satanist, but feels that they may not fit in due to their appearance and their personal style?
6: Don't worry about it. There is really no aesthetic that makes you a satanist your approach as a satanist or your feeling who you are shows on your outward self and so not every satanist i know listens to black metal and has tattoos covering their body in fact very few of them do most of them unless i told you that they were a satanist you'd never know whoever's wanting to become a satanist just stay true to yourself I like wearing my satanic stuff out because I want to see people's reactions because most of the time the satanic stuff I wear are like my be kind, hill Satan shirt, or I have a hoodie that said, that says that on the back in society's thought process. Those are two. There's a, that phrase is doesn't work. So you get to kind of, when somebody questions that you get to explain it, well, let's talk about the good things that, that Satanism is doing, the people that are raising uh, money to help charities, the people that are donating food, people that are donating products to, to the homeless. I can go on and on about the charities that Satanists support. I don't wear satanic stuff to just piss people off, but I wear it to start a conversation with people about their view of Satanists.
3: Well, thank you, Rhett. And uh, just to wrap things up real quick here, uh, why don't you let our listeners know how they can find more on Dark Art Depository and check out your awesome stuff?
6: Well, uh, then of course, go to the website, which is uh, darkartdepository.com. The best way to fo- to uh, see new, new designs that aren't necessarily up on the site yet is to follow me on Instagram, which is uh, Rhett666Pierce. R H E T T six 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 Pierce. Instagram is probably the the place that I post the newest stuff. I do have a Twitter a Twitter account which is Mr. Rhett Pierce, and I do the Dark Art does have a Facebook page, but I'm the most active on Instagram because I like I just like the visual aspect of it.
3: Thanks again, Rhett. Really appreciate your thoughts and your insight. Have a great night and hail
6: Satan. Hail Satan.
3: I'm thrilled that we're joined by John Milton, one of our moderators in The Goat Farm, who's going to be sharing a little bit about himself as well as his thoughts on normie satanism. Thanks for joining us, John. It's good to be here, Al. What are your thoughts on normie satanism, and do you feel you fit into that category?
4: Normie satanism is something that I believe is a fantastic idea. I mean, satanism in itself doesn't have to fit into a box. You don't have to subscribe to a certain clothing or a certain tattoo lifestyle to be a Satanist. Myself, I do have tattoos. They are all hidden. Um, I work in public safety, so I have to hide all my tattoos. I work with the public every day, day in, day out. I really don't wear anything other than a pair of khaki shorts and a button-up polo every day.
3: So... In a previous episode, you talked about struggling with the Satanism piece of things at home with your wife. Uh, I know you mentioned she threw away a copy of the Satanic Bible you had and as she wasn't comfortable with it. Has home life improved and have things been better with your involvement with Satanism?
4: Astronomically, um, they've improved to the point to where I can openly discuss everything going on within the goat farm, within uh, the podcast community. Within the temple itself, I mean, broken down that barrier of misinformation and just pure uh, ignorance. I'll put it in the lightest sense I can. Uh, She's gained knowledge as to what Satanism actually is and has become okay with it. In fact, she doesn't identify as a Satanist, but subscribes to Satan ideals. Um, She has basically started to live her life for herself. She works in healthcare, and with the COVID pandemic going on, she takes care of everybody day in, day out. She is a very selfless person, and being as selfless as a person as she can, she's found that she has to take time for herself. It's been hard for her to find a balance between her ideals, and finding a way to take time for herself while still feeling like she can provide good care for the community, good care for her patients. And when she gets into these discussions that we have, as far as what the tenants mean for her, what um, her idea is as far as what what she wants to be, she uh, has broken out of her shell, become more expressive, has overall become more happy, When I say that, we've talked about the tenants, We've actually had sit-down conversations about, say, what does one's body subject to one's will alone mean? What does that mean to you? And we actually had a discussion recently um, today about Elliot Page, um, him recently coming out of Strange Gender. And both of us were like, wow, that's very cool. I'm very glad for him.
3: So how is it coming out to other people in your life, like friends and family who maybe you've recently, you know, come out to as a Satanist, uh, is that still difficult? What have their reactions been? Tell me a little bit about that.
4: There is a massive stigma around it still. Um, I, Where I live and where I work, it's a very Catholicized, very Catholic community. Uh, Having the ability to come out to somebody to confide in is hard to find. I have found a couple people at work I'm comfortable with, mainly because in my line of work, there are many people I know who are just all over the place with their belief systems. One's a friend who's a Buddhist, I have a friend who's Muslim, but I have no friends that I can honestly say have told me that they're Satanists. Now, I did talked to a friend last week said hey man you uh i gotta tell you something i gotta get this off my chest we work pretty close together it's like well what's that i'm a satanist and the look on his face said it all it was confusion because he had known me for the past five six years has worked with me pretty closely for the past five and six years and i could see the wheel turning in his head and the whole preconceived notions as to what a Satanist is and the whole flashbacks to what he probably was instilled with as a child is this is Satan. This is bad. This is inherently a bad thing. And then looked at me and having known me. So we had a good hour long discussion as to, well, this is what I believe. I keep my uh, membership card on my person just because I like carrying it around. It's a good reminder to subscribe to my attendance every day. And I showed it to him and let him read the back of the card and just to get an idea of what my belief is. And after having that pretty heated hour long discussion, a look of relief almost came across his face. It didn't think he it, it got out the idea that I was going to eat his firstborn child kind of thing. But it's still pretty hard to find people I'm comfortable talking to it around. Honestly, the goat form is where I get out most of my, where I have most of my community. Because I don't have it within my family. The black sheep of my family. Even though I don't look (laughs) any different than anybody else. Um, I have it on the black sheep within my work and at my job. And within my own community. But I have a community... With the farm, which is amazing, it's something to. It's very nice to hold and have here.
3: Well, thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm kind of the black sheep in a lot of parts of my life. So, you know, I'm I'm glad we we've all found each other, and you know, we're all glad uh, to have your contributions in the goat farm and to have your friendship. So do you feel that a Satanist needs to dress or act in a certain way to to be part of the the overall greater Satanic movement? Or do you just still feel like it's a matter of personal expression?
4: I absolutely don't think that there is a certain way you need to dress. There's a certain way you need to talk. There's a certain way you need to mark your body. There is no set in stone way you should be. I believe that it's your body. It's your choice. If you want to get out and wear a a tail and some fuzzy boots for the day, wear a tail and some fuzzy boots for the day. You don't have to listen to metal. You don't have to have thousands of tattoos. You don't have to dress and wear satanic garb to, to be a Satanist. There's no set in stone visual representation of what you have to be to express what you are inside.
3: What advice do you have for either any Satanist or uh, those who have not yet become Satanist or or declared it publicly or, or signed up, uh, who are concerned that they may feel like they don't fit in uh, or who are worried about how their Satanists will be interpreted by others?
4: We've been there. I know how you feel. It's not just you. Take things at your own pace. Don't feel rushed to do anything feel comfortable being out and about you don't have to dress a certain way listen to a certain style of music you just have to live your life for yourself and not be a dick <laughs>
3: Great way uh, to end that. Well, John, thank you very much for your time joining us today. Uh, Thank you very much for sharing your your very personal uh, story and your thoughts on Normie Satanism. Uh, Thanks for your contributions to to the goat farm and to Satanism as a whole. And Hail Satan.
2: Attention staff and students. This is your principal with your daily update. The Satanic Study Hall podcast is not affiliated with any other podcast or organization. None. Zero. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are ours and ours alone. Reminder, all staff and students need to be 6 feet away from each other and 50 feet away from me at all times. If anyone finds a bottle of scotch randomly throughout the school, please return it to the main office for a reward. The reward is bigger if you bring a glass with ice. Today's lunch features $8 chicken strips, the good kind, not those fucking cheap ones like that fuck dummy George Green eats. And that's all for today's announcements. Hail Satan. Thank you, uh, Rhett and Alex. That was pretty fucking cool. I'm really glad to have everybody, including the both of you, in our little um in our corner. Y'all are fucking kick-ass people.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely awesome talking to both of them. The one thing I appreciated the most was not only how just how they're just normal, cool people. I mean, that's the same thing I've encountered across this entire community. Uh, But also, I was really appreciative of how much they were personally willing to share about their lives, which I know is a Huge challenge for a lot of people, especially being in the in the satanic community, either sharing of themselves to the community or sharing their involvement outside of it. So the fact that these two degenerates were brave enough to come on and actually be willing to share a part of themselves with uh, with the satanic community in the world, uh, I really look up to. So thanks a lot, guys. It was really awesome of both of you. All right. So our featured interview this week will be a conversation with satanist writer, yoga teacher host of the Sacred Tension podcast, and most importantly, cat enthusiast, <laughs> cat enthusiast Stephen Bradford Long. Sacred Tension is a podcast about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. Stephen wrote an article on his website, com titled On Being a Normie Satanist, which helped inspire this two-part series. In our conversation with Stephen, we cover his background, religious journey, path to Satanism, and thoughts on being a normie satanist so here it is check it out
2: yeah hail satan
3: i'll be satanish you fuck i'm sorry johnny fuck man welcome back to part two of our series on normie satanism we're thrilled to be joined by stephen bradford long welcome
5: stephen and thank you for joining us it's my pleasure so wait this is part two there was a part one
2: Yes, there was a part one. <laughs>
5: okay, this that's great. A that's two cool.
2: two-part series.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I'm well.
2: How's everyone? I'm doing great. It's uh, good to have you. Um, Veronica, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, Bill. I'm doing fine. <laughs> I can't be anything other than fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> Stephen's here with us. I don't, yeah, yes. How can I not be fine?
2: And I think Father Al's doing pretty good. I um, am
3: doing damn fine if I do say so myself.
2: And Belial, just got to check in with you real quick. How you doing over there? all right thank you oh, belial oh okay yeah Stephen. Excellent. Stephen, meet belial the Baphomet. Um uh, we have a stuffed <laughs> baphomet uh, a crocheted baphomet <laughs> that runs around class and nips at our toes um and stirs up some shit
3: and likes booze and horny goat weed
2: don't tell anybody else about the horny goat weed he
0: likes the was, weed a lot
5: i was initially concerned that that you had like a, a geriatric old person in a wheelchair next to you, prodded like, <laughs> to make that noise, like right. holding hostage in the studio. Don't they
0: make speak. good pets too, you know. Geriatric old oh, people. God. Oh, that was dark. I don't know, you're, you're, the kids love them.
2: <laughs> I should have seen some of our substitute teachers in study hall. It comes pretty close to that. <laughs> Um, so, yes, welcome, Stephen. Great to have you. Um, and one, uh, one thing I want to get in the habit of asking our guests, uh, just as a warm-up question, because this can really generate some interesting stories, is since we're Satanic Study Hall, we're curious about some of your memories of Study Hall and what kind of student you
5: were. Oh, goodness. Okay, so I went to a fundamentalist, very preppy, private christian high school and so speaking of study hall i had the. i think this is when i was a sophomore i had no this is when i was a junior i had this one study hall with this like like christian housewife who is who is ahead of it and her her aspiration in life was to write christian romance novels no sir. and she would have and so she would during study hall every day she would have her manuscript in front of her of her Christian romance novel and (laughs) she would be pouring over it and like making corrections or she would always be reading like a bad Amish Christian romance novel for inspiration (laughs) for inspiration And, and so like junior year at at high school was fucking awful for me. I was so, I was like horrifically depressed and, and, you know, I was a really fucked up dysfunctional kid, but alongside that I had like this, there's like this side story in that season of my life of this little housewife study hall teacher trying to write her Christian romance novel and make it, make it work, like may be successful as a romance writer in the Christian sphere. It was, uh, yeah. So that is the first memory that came to mind. Well, you can't end (laughs) it like that. Was she
0: successful?
5: You know, I never found out. Oh, I I want the ending to
0: that story. (laughs) All I do
5: remember is that I was reading a Ray Bradbury novel at the time. And, um, it was one of his collections of short stories. I think it was one more for the road and it had like a scary skeleton on the cover, hitching a ride. And she looked at it and she said, you know, Stephen, you're engaging in witchcraft. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I was just, you know, just for reading this kind of spooky book with a skeleton on the cover. That's the only other anecdote I have about that study hall teacher. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that as for the kind of student I was, I was a monster. I was so terrible and I dropped out of high school, barely made it through college. It took me like 6 to 8 years to finally graduate. And um looking back, I think a lot of that was just, you know, being born a queer person into a fundamentalist Christian home and just not being able to handle that. And, you know, so, so a lot of my, a lot of, a lot of those problems left for me uh, when I finally severed ties, you know, when I finally stepped away from that environment. And I feel like um, so much of my bandwidth was taken up in school of managing my, my internalized homophobia and my shame that um, I just could not succeed in any other area of my life. It's, it's like so much energy was pouring into the management of my orientation and into my shame that um, I, I didn't have any bandwidth for school. So that is the depressing answer to your very simple question. No, it, it, Thank you for your honesty. No,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, for different reasons, 11th grade is when shit started to, to fall apart in my little perfect, you know, world of academia in, in, in high school. Um, yep. I, I blame it on um, stubbornness and 420, though. That was my problem.
5: <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, we can all relate to that. I, I mean, just. Even me personally, I, I managed to make something really good out of my last two years of high school, but the first two years were were terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I went to a very, I don't know, the strict Catholic school even for, like, my generation, Catholic elementary school, and then made the transition to public school and identified as an atheist. And it was, you know, difficult coming from that environment, and now i got to say the spooky— a word and separate it from all the friends that i grew up with and they went on to the catholic high school they're still kind of keeping in touch with their faith in a way that i'm not um i'm finding my also lgbt sexuality in the middle of all of this and getting really confused mm-hmm. about that i mean it was a it was a dark two years um so may not be the same yeah. stories but we can definitely relate and it's kind of stories we're interested in sharing in now this grown adult study (laughs) hall.
5: Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of us come from kind of, I don't know, come from those backgrounds. There's, there's a reason why we identify with the outsider and it's because we grew up feeling alienated, Mm -hmm. at least a lot of us, not all of us. Um, I know a lot of Satanists who do not come from a Christian background and and didn't really have a terrible childhood or didn't really feel alienated. So it, so it isn't a prerequisite, but yeah, it 100%. is common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is common for us to identify with the outsider because we were pretty alienated growing up.
0: And seek the knowledge that we weren't necessarily uh, given the opportunity to get when we were going through all these different educational mm-hmm. systems, in my opinion.
5: Absolutely yeah i had I had a class at at this Christian college, no not college high school. It was basically a young earth creationism class, and it <sighs> was a quote beautiful. unquote science <laughs> class and it, it was written by the teacher and it was basically like this one quote unquote science teacher's vendetta against like the real scientists who made him angry and who rejected him oh, so no he, he basically created this entire class uh just to promote his version of young earth creationism to you know defenseless children who Jesus, could, There's like
0: a reoccurring theme out. of of yes. self-righteous uh writer personality types in your education history. I'm really, really sorry about is. that.
5: That is absolutely true. Um yeah. And there are several people in my family who are authors, several people who I grew up with who are authors of, of like a fundamentalist Christian background. So, so now I am a satanic writer and I sometimes wonder if it is like in retaliation <laughs> 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 anyway.
0: And yeah. if it is, so what? That's great. I, love it. it's it's mine. <laughs> exactly.
5: I embrace it.
2: All right. We're going to hop into the, um, just the getting to know you section, um, leading up and, uh, I guess from a pre-Satanism standpoint, uh, can you tell us about you? Uh, any general background stuff that you're comfortable sharing? You know, your your, your journey from whether it's childhood, exposure to religion. Uh, we just talked about school.
5: I think what surprises people the most is that I was actually a very enthusiastic Christian up until a few years ago. And I was a gay Christian and my writing actually started as a, or my, my public writing, my blogging started as um, advocating for LGBT people in the church. And that, and so that's what I did for years. And I had a blog actually called Sacred Tension. Now the title of my podcast and uh, it blew up and it was all about, you know, my, my journey of being queer within the church and, You know, I I think people assume, I don't know, I I did have a pretty brutal experience in the church, but I didn't leave because of that. I didn't leave the church because of those horrific experiences, because I was also saved by Christians. You know, I, I a lot of the Christians who I came to know and love were were and still are some of the most remarkable people I've ever met in my life. Right. They are there i've also a lot of the christians i've met in my life have also been some of the worst people i've ever met you know it's like both ends of the spectrum but i i left christianity because i stopped believing it and i i left kind of against my will you know i didn't want to leave i am a deeply religious person and i don't really make any apology for that i'm deeply religious i love religion um But I hate the ways in which it has been abused. And I felt uh, captured and I felt frozen in my Christianity because I felt like the only option, the only alternative was um, religionless atheism. And I didn't know if I could do that. It was only when I discovered TST that I felt free to evolve, to to where I should be, which was, which is non-theistic religion. And, um, that took a while. It, It, you know, looking back, I realized that I was, I had about a decade long crisis of faith. And, you know, while I was writing and while I was engaging in, in all of this Christian stuff, I, I had this pretty crippling doubt, uh, because I, I, just tend towards skepticism. Uh, and yet I also deeply valued religion. And I felt this huge conflict over that for years until I discovered the satanic temple. And I discovered Satanism, which showed me that there is such a thing as non-theistic religion and that I can have both. I can have the best of both worlds. I can have rationalism, skepticism, science, And the best of religion.
2: Now, when you started, um, when you started your original journey um, and you started uh, sacred tension, did you, how long did it take before? And even if you did start experiencing pushback or any solicit, any type of negative reaction reaction within your community um, from a religion standpoint, were there, were there people that, um, you know, spoke up and try to butt heads with you in regards to what you were doing and the message you were putting out there or did you find that you got support?
0: And on that note, just to add, just for clarity, do you, uh, can you tell us like what denomination of Christianity this was?
5: Yeah. So I'll start with that question first. So I was raised Presbyterian okay, and, but a very weird charismatic speaking in tongues kind of Presbyterian. <laughs> and I was born into an international ministry um, and both my parents are pastors. So I pretty intense. And uh, then I kind of moved. I was a missionary for several years um, and was doing ministry on and off for years and kind of moved away from that, almost converted to Catholicism, decided against it, which was one of the best choices I've ever made in my <laughs> life, deciding not to convert to Catholicism. And uh, then kind of just settled in. Uh, Anglican Episcopalian land. And that that's really where my Christian journey ended was there. Um, as for pushback. Yeah. I got a ton of pushback. In fact, I, what was most interesting to me were just the, I think thousands of people who just quietly left and just quietly unfollowed me. And it was, it was really funny because there was this period of about a year where, or maybe it's two years where, you know, I I was writing about Satanism and it was getting some attention and I was getting a ton of followers for that, but I realized, but I was noticing that the number count never actually changed. So I was noticing this massive influx of a new audience. Right. Right but the number staying steady. And I realized there is this massive turnover from my former Christian audience. And instead of confronting me about it, a few did, you know, a few were actually quite nasty about it, but most of them just quietly vanished and, and, you know, just unfollowed me or unsubscribed and just moved on. And so there was a period of about two years where there was like this perfect turnover from Christians to Satanists. Like a complete rotation of the, of almost, the, of the yeah, yeah. almost like a complete rotation. Um, but I did get pushback. It was there were some very uh nasty conversations that I had with some people. And and people I think were very uh, most interestingly, I I got most of the nastiness from the progressive Christian world. And I think that there was something about, there's something about TST that they found super offensive, not the imagery. I think they found the non-theism offensive. I think they found the non-theism. I think they found, I don't know, there, there was something about it that they took very personally. And so I did have some very unpleasant conversations, but, you know, most of my Christian friendships have remained, be, have remained because I think they know me as a person. And a lot of them have said, you know, I wouldn't have chosen this, but I, I respect where you are and, um, and we're still friends. And so I, I can live with that.
2: No. And, um, actually it kind of goes in with, um, you know, the video that you did or the interview that you did with multi, um, path matters. Um, I guess multi-faith it was like matters, multi-fa- yeah. Yeah, multi-faith, yeah, multi-faith matters, um, with um, you know, it was the conversation between a Christian and a Satanist um, and since that's kind of relevant, just to kind of throw this in, uh, how was that experience? Um, it, it was it was a really you know a really well done um from a listener's perspective um well done interview, and do you think that that episode accomplished its goal uh, as far as you know displaying that there can be productive and informative conversations between people that, you know, do have at the, at its core opposing viewpoints.
5: Yeah. So to provide some background, the interview that, re, that you're referring to now, was that it, of the video or was it? The it was, podcast? Oh, it was the video. Okay, great. Yeah. So it was the video. So, yeah. So that's my friend, John Moorhead. And um, he has been engaging in interfaith dialogue and interreligious dialogue for years and years with pagans, with, you know, different kinds of Christians and, and so on. I mean, he's, he's been doing that for years and I think, so yes, you, we can absolutely have conversations with people who aren't like us. However, it takes a certain commitment to certain principles on both sides, John. The reason I'm able to have those conversations with John and and have those incredibly kind and productive and challenging conversations with him is because he is committed to similar principles. And you know, we we haven't actually delved deeply into our areas of disagreement, but I expect that we would have some pretty substantial areas of. Um, of significant disagreement, but we are both committed to compassion. We're both committed to kind of basic rules of engagement and respect. Right. If you don't have that in your conversation partner, I really doubt the limit. I really question how helpful it is to have conversation. You know, it's, it's important. It's powerful. It's fruitful. Everyone should do it within reason. But it, it goes both ways, <laughs> you know, and there are a lot of evangelicals who just don't have the attitude that John Moorhead has.
2: No, he seemed to be re- super receptive um, and ask good questions. Uh, you know, I was just taking notes from it earlier and it was really well done. I'm going to have to dive into the actual podcast piece as well, because uh, it sounds like um, there's some more stuff on there.
5: Yeah, I've done a lot of conversations with him. He's great. We've done several episodes together.
2: So when it comes to Satanism in the Satanic temple, um, how did you, you know, what was your initial exposure, um, to Satanism and how did you first become aware of the Satanic temple and then to take it a step further, what specifically about the Satanic temple drew
5: you in? Mm. So I was first made aware of Satanism. I think like most people back when I was in high school and I wasn't spooked by it. In fact, I really got it. And I remember thinking I could really be into this if it weren't for my Christian faith. You know, (laughs) it it made sense. It made sense to me. And the non-theism, the the symbol of Satan as eternal rebel, kind of the Miltonian anti-hero, all of that really clicked for me. Uh, What didn't click for me was Anton LaVey and his, um, I now think certain outdated views um, and his kind of social Darwinism and all that stuff that did not jive well with me. And really because of that, I dismissed Satanism for years. And, but what put Satanism back on my radar was my boyfriend my my partner he pulled up a video on youtube of jack's blackmore's bdsm baby protest in baltimore oh yes he was like like, steven you have to watch this and i watched it and i loved it i got it i i was into it i i knew what and, and I started reading up on TST. I started, um, what really did it for me were the Tenets, And I was in this point in my life where it's like, I, I had come to accept that I was a non-theist and also that I really loved religious life but I felt very embattled within Christianity. There are non-theistic Christians. They do exist. And, um, you know, uh, different corners of the Episcopal church, Quakers, Catholics, et cetera. You know, a lot of them have their non-theistic variants, but non-theism is just so embattled in Christianity right now. There, It is a culture war, and, um, and even among progressives, a lot of progressives take non-theism very personally. And I was just fucking tired. I was just fucking done of fighting. You know, I had I had spent my entire adult life fighting for my inclusion in the church as a gay person. And now I was fighting for my inclusion as a non-theistic person. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm I'm sick of explaining myself to people. And I'm sick of explaining. Um, people. Who, I, I'm sick of explaining myself to people who are supposed to be my family, who are supposed to be my friends. And I read, uh, so really the hook was that BDSM baby protest. That's what got me interested. But then I went and read The Tenets and I instantly joined. It was like almost kind of rashly. Like I, I instantly joined. I got it. I got that this was a politically engaged, non-theistic religion. It was. It it was everything that I needed.
2: I was going to say it scratched t- all, all of time. your itches as far yeah, as you it know. It scratched
5: what... all. It scratched all of my itches and, um, you know, a, in a, a big part of it for me is, the. The relief of being in a place where being gay was never an issue. You know, I I grew up in a setting where churches would schism Over the fact that gay people exist, you know, and so there would be, there would be the one side of the church that's like, oh, maybe we should be nice to them. And then the other side of the church was, which was like, no, they all need reparative therapy and it would just destroy the community. Right. And the fact that I'm now in a religious setting that never had to schism because they were always supportive That's really liberating to me. And yeah, so that happened in 2017 and I've been here ever since.
2: Awesome. Um, So as far as the temple goes, uh, I mean, you do have a a really strong voice and presence in the satanic community. Uh, What is your affiliation, either direct or indirect, with the satanic temple?
5: So I am part of the general membership. I'm not part of a particular chapter. I, I've, you know, for the past three years, I've just kind of been on the fringes of the community, but writing. And I, I think that every religious community needs writers. I, I think that every community needs artists and creators. And I decided that I would do that. I, I decided that, you know, I would be up here on my mountain in Appalachia and I would do that. I, I don't have any in-person Satanists here in my area. I'm a very solitary Satanist, you know, my, my practice and my, my satanic religious life, it, it's very, you know, like swamp witch alone in the woods. Um, But
0: I love that. I have some more follow-up questions to that later. If <laughs> Everyone's all right with great, it. Great. 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 i so
5: um, But, you know, I, I think every religion needs its writers and every religion needs its creators. And I decided, well, I can do that. I, I want to be involved in the satanic community. I can't organize. I can't, you know, physically be part of anything, but I can write. I've been writing for years. And so I will do that. And so that's what I decided to do. And, um, I am now just recently been recruited to the ordination council for the satanic ministry. So I'm, I'm now in some kind of uh, degree of, of, I guess you could say leadership within the temple. Um, but it, you know, I, I, so I'm part of the ordination council and mostly just writing and editing documents and that kind of stuff. So a lot of stuff that I'm already doing.
2: Uh, thank you for the work you're doing, uh, not only in just the community with Sacred Tension and giving people platforms and just what you're doing with the Ordination Council um, on top of, you know, the work that you're doing with Sacred Tension, you know, you know, the blogging, um, you got a lot on your plate. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it takes a lot of commitment. So thank you for, you know, your contributions. That's awesome.
5: I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: My pleasure. Um, now, we kind of covered this a little bit, but I guess I can kind of call an audible the question was what inspired you to start your blog in the sacred tension podcast but since we kind of covered that in regards to the decision to maintain sacred t- tension as a podcast going from your initial idea with it to talking about satanism and you know completely flipping it upside down was there a period where you know, weren't, weren't considering continuing with it or was it kind of a no brainer in regards to, um, your transition?
5: I don't know if I can ever considered just halt. I think I, there was a period where I thought that my Satanism would be private and where I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep this under wraps. This is just for me this will be my private practice. And because I'm fucking terrible at keeping secrets that lasted for about two days. (laughs) But also, you know, I just, I just, I also just realized, you know, I'm, I'm a religious content creator. I have been writing and talking about religion since 2010. And I can't, if that's what I do and if that's what my platform is, I can't just stop doing that because I changed my religion. I Absolutely. I have to be honest and I and so that's what I decided to do. I just decided to be honest and decided to include this part of my journey in the narrative with all the other parts of my journey.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. What would you consider and you know not not your best guest, but what would what for you has been the most fulfilling experience, um, in regards to, um, sacred tension specifically?
5: You know, I, it's a, it's a good opportunity for me to actually educate myself. And so, you know, if I, if I'm going to talk about a certain subject, I actually have to do the work If I, and do the reading, if I'm having an author on, I actually have to read that author's book. If I'm discussing, uh, you know, it's basically a, it's something that requires me. It's a project that requires me to do my due diligence. And I think that that has really enriched my life. It has, it has forced me to actually do the work and and so it's almost like I accidentally enrolled myself in my own little college or something and now I'm just obligated to do the reading <laughs> I'm obligated <laughs> to do the reading and the thinking and the writing and all of that stuff because you know like when you have on David Dark he was my second guest and just a brilliant theologian like one of the smartest people I've ever talked to It's like, if you're going to interview David Dark, you have to be able to conduct yourself in a way that suggests you know what the fuck you're talking about. Absolutely. And so I think that's, and it's cumulative, you know, it isn't one single episode and it isn't one, and it's actually kind of boring, you know, it's the boring stuff. It's the boring side of the show that I have in the long run found the most fruitful. It's, it's the work. It is the, the obligation to actually put in the reading.
2: Uh, and it's you know, I, can, I know personally I can totally relate just strictly from not only, you know, from the study hall, you know, motif that we put on here, um, you know, being in class. But that really is what it's like, you know, as a team choosing a, a topic, researching it, um, becoming subject matter experts, uh, trying to incorporate humor, finding, you know, other subject matter expert, subject matter experts to incorporate into that. Digging into social media participation, um, and just that journey alone. It's not like, it's not one episode. It's not one topic. It's not, you know, one contributor. It's just that whole process, you know, and even more so, you know, from, you know, diving in and editing and promoting and, and just seeing this whole, you know, podcast you know you know as a machine and and it's it's a lot of wheels um
5: a whole (laughs) ton of moving parts the the amount of work it takes to just keep it up and running is stunning
2: (laughs) and 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 you know you know you know just as well as as we do you know when you when you publish that episode and you know, the social media engagement starts to come in and the view count starts to rise. And, and then the really good conversations are spawned from, you know, the content that you produced. It's, it, that's what it's all about at its core is, you know, exactly. and, and, you know, I can, I can totally say, so no fantastic answer. I, I, I have to say the same thing myself. So we will be right back diving into our main topic of our interview, normie satanism. All right. We'll be right <laughs> back.
5: Hail, Satan.
3: All right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for writing the article on being a Normie Satanist. I loved it. Uh, resonated with a lot of people uh, in the Go Farm. I likewise identify as a normie Satanist. I don't have any tattoos. I don't really listen to a lot of heavy metal. I don't really do the satanic jewelry thing. And usually, if unless I'm here recording or getting together for a, a satanic event, I don't really have any uh, satanic clothing on. So for our listeners, how do you personally define a normie Satanist?
5: <laughs> so it's really fun to me. To now to, to watch people identifying as normie Satanists now on social media, I think it it's just delightful because it's literally something I made. Basically, what it was what, what that article was trying to get at was this this dissonance between the perception and the reality For me personally, as particularly from non-Satanists, you know, I find that Satanists actually intuitively, at least the Satanists that I run with, have a have kind of an intuitive openness to all kinds of different styles so, you know, you, you have super tatted, super alternative, badass looking, amazing people who look iconic. And then, and then you have me who, <laughs> who you know, I'm wearing a TST shirt right now, but I manage a, I manage a grocery store. I, <laughs> that's, that's my day job. I manage a grocery store. I usually wear sweaters. I wear, I wear, um, I I wear, i'm i am so painfully excruciatingly normal and i don't think it's a conflict within the satanic community i think the satanic community has generally had a pretty good or at least the ones that i hang out with have a pretty good sense that a lot of different kinds of people can be satanists because it's a religion and religion attracts all different kinds of people in the same way, all religions attract all different kinds of people. And so kind of what I was trying to get at in that article was that, give me a moment to think what I was, what I was trying to get at in that article was how this attitude that I see from a lot of mostly non-Satanists that you have to look a certain way is actually a covert way of, of resisting the fact that Satanism is a religion. It It's a style, it's a fashion, it's a phase, anything but a religion, because a religion actually has a, has a certain diversity of membership that, that is just inherent. And, and I, I really think that, this thing that I get quite often which is you don't seem like a satanist or you don't look like a satanist is actually a failure to understand that satanism is a religion. And I am not personal I have been an outsider. I have been um I have been an outsider, I have been marginalized, but I would say that right now I live a very comfortable and privileged life. I just do. That doesn't make me less of a Satanist, and um, because I, it's about the story that I, it's about the story that binds me. You know, David Dark talks about how religion is whatever narrative structure. Whatever the narrative is that binds us, whatever the narrative is that guides us, that directs us, the the narrative through which we see the world and we filter the world, and that is our that's religion, and my religion is Satan. It is that narrative of the uh, unbowed will against undue authority, and that's my narrative, regardless of how I look. Um, that. That is kind of, that. that's what I was trying to get at in that article. It isn't about normalizing Satan, Satanism, you know, that I don't know if Satanism will ever be normal. I think Satanism is a deviant religion and it should be. I think Satanism is a, is a deviant, rebellious and dark religion. And I think it should be, but all different kinds of people can be attracted to that right? And you don't have to look dark in order to be drawn to it. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. totally. Yeah.
2: You yeah, know, but um, when I first met Al uh, with the Normie Satanist thing, uh, it was immediately how he described himself like word for word. Uh,
5: oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh,
2: unsure unsure if he, you know, would fit in with, you know, the initial get together that we had had. Uh, and then and on top of that, in the, part one of this series, uh, we actually had Mason Hargit on. And everybody one of the commonalities. Yeah, exactly. And one of <laughs> one of the themes that we always had when we when we were talking to our guests in our personal journey episodes and whatnot is not only was it Hell Satan that really sealed the deal for them and their research into the tenants, but a lot of people went a step further and brought up Mason and the fact that he was so normal looking and, you know, so normy with the bow tie and not like what yeah. you would think a Satanist would look like. Um and that was like a reoccurring theme. So yeah, he came on and kind of spoke to the bow tie thing and, you know, around the whole concept of, of normie Satanism to, to to kick this off. Um, so I just kind of wanted amazing. to paint that picture. But Al right off the bat and I can hear his voice in my head just being like, you know, I'm just, a, you know, a normie Satanist, a normal <laughs> Satanist. And, you know, nobody said that. I'm like, it's all right, man. It's all good. You know what I mean? Welcome. Um, thank exactly. you for being here. And from there, you know. Um, the relationship grew, but I just figured I'd throw that in there real quick.
5: Yeah, that's brilliant. And I, uh, I there are a lot of people like us yeah. anyway, sorry, go on.
3: No, I always love to tell the fact that, uh, and tell the story that, my first event, my first satanic event, which was you know here at the studio, uh, I, I came wearing like a uh, probably like a maroon red polo shirt and cargo shorts and sneakers. And my thought was, you know, <laughs> if they don't accept me for who I am, then, you know, they can go to hell, but they don't believe in it. <laughs> I can
0: tell you firsthand, yeah. it made me feel more comfortable, a lot more comfortable. It was also my first satanic meetup. And I come and I meet. You know, men like Al, and then there are a bunch of just normal moms that show up at the group.
5: <laughs> My favorite are the Satanic moms. The the Satanic soccer moms are beautiful,
0: right? And and getting you know that kind of diversity in the people you're meeting up with, you know, just for the first time. In our case, uh, it made me feel a lot more at home. I'm also somebody who doesn't dress in all black, at least not all the time. Don't have any tattoos yet. Uh, didn't have too much of an idea of like what the aesthetic is supposed to be and how seriously the community even takes this set aesthetic. And it really was cool to me to figure out that like, it, it doesn't matter. We're here on, you know, character and, and shared beliefs. Uh,
5: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, it, I think a lot of different kinds of people can be drawn to the story and, a lot of normal looking people can be really fucking deviant. (laughs) Oh, you're fucking
2: right on that one.
3: I was talking with someone about, I think it was like Satanism or kinkiness or whatever. I said, you know, the real freak is up here in the head. You know, it's not what's on the outside. It's it's all what goes on in your mind. So,
5: you know, I will say that I used to be very, very, very goth for a, for a long time. And, and, um, I loved it. It was great. And then, you know, I had to get a job and (laughs) and that job kind of forced me (laughs) to, but I, I think a lot of people around me just sigh, gave this collective sigh and I wish that I could work in a place where I could look like that all day, every day. If I could, I would honestly, but just my work setting wouldn't allow it. But they I think a ton of people gave this massive collective sigh, like, oh, thank god the phase is over. And I just like to remind those people that yeah, I might not be goth anymore, but I'm now I'm just a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do your co-workers know? Do you share it Oh with yeah. them? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ever I'm very open about it. My co-workers know. It was actually really funny. I as my as my writings and my podcast started to gain some views, some popularity, I was like, okay, this is the kind of thing that people try to get other people fired for. You know, this is the kind of thing that, that could get me into a lot of trouble. And I wasn't, smart enough to do it under a pen name and so yep. I just started I tell you guys
0: I, that all the time I do yeah. I, I
5: just started you know doing all my writing and podcasting under uh, Stephen Bradford Long under my full real name <laughs> just kind and, of thrown um, into it
0: just you know walk the plank and then just threw Satan jump. in
5: there yeah exactly and and now like QAnon people know I exist and that's very uncomfortable yeah but yeah, so I I was like I re- I need to talk to my boss about this, and so I sat down with her and I was like, so just so you know, I online I am doing a lot of this work and I am a Satanist and it is for the Satanic community. And she interrupted me and she looked at me and said, Stephen as long as you aren't sacrificing children, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, I don't care what your religion is. I don't, I don't care. As long as you aren't killing people, I don't care, and the company doesn't care.
2: Yeah, just hit your fucking metrics.
5: <laughs> I would have stopped. Yeah, I mean, and bas- yeah. and, and that's legally
0: the way it should be. Exactly. Um, that's I don't the way really. It be. I'd like to get to a point where we don't necessarily have to sit around and wonder. Okay, if I apply for this job, you know, is this employer going to be looking at everything I have online, or just everything they can dig up on their own? And and are they going to have a problem with this? Or are they just going to politely say? Oh, you know, regardless of qualifications, uh, we don't think it's going to work out. Or
5: or have that coming out. Right. (laughs) Like have the have the obligatory coming out to your boss because someone might try to get you fired over it.
3: If I were in your uh, position, I would have messed around your boss and been like, so uh, what if I was sacrificing children? (laughs) (laughs) Just leave that awkward pause at the end to see how they react. In regard to being a, a quote unquote normie Satanist, what are some of the bumps in the road you have encountered related to any prejudice you may have experienced?
5: Hmm. A lot of people don't take, a lot of people don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I've, I've had people just flat out refuse to believe that I'm a Satanist because, um i don't look or act like their preconceived notions of what a satanist is and you know i just kind of let it go because it's one of those things that i can't control what other people think and and so i just decide to to let that go even though i feel like i have at this point proven that i am actually a satanist, you know, I, I feel like I have, I have earned my, my satanic bona fides, I guess you could say, you know, I, not, not that I've accomplished a great deal or anything, but I, I feel like I have, I have proven through my writing and through my work and through the way I live that this is what I believe, and this is my this is my religious identity, and this is my religious community, and so it is actually really frustrating when people just refuse to believe that I'm a Satanist. It's, it's <laughs> annoying. It's really really frustrating, but I just let it go. Yeah.
3: So in your article. Uh, the one thing that kind of resonated with me was you seem to downplay the role of being offensive in Satanism, not so much as an overt goal, but as a side effect to the greater goals of the movement. How do you define offensiveness in relation to Satanism as the antagonist or the opponent of Christianity?
5: I don't want to dismiss the importance of rebellious Satanism. It's really important. You know, when if a queer kid is kicked out of their home for, for being gay, you know, out of a fundamentalist Christian home, the act of a, you know, what is often labeled juvenile or rebellious Satanism, it's actually really important. And, you know, for me, that was Marilyn Manson and, um, in my my goth phase, and yeah, it was reactionary, but but it, it, that's actually important, and I don't, and so I don't want to dismiss the significance of of saying fuck you to the religious establishments that hurt us. That's really important. Um, I and, and you know honestly, I if I were to bring a bit more nuance to the article that I wrote i would i would I would have added and maybe I'll still do this at some point i'll probably I'm not going to go back and edit that article, but I might write more on this I don't want to invalidate or dismiss the rebellion that's important, especially for people who have been really deeply abused, and I have been there, but that isn't the only thing that Satanism can be, and so there are, I, I guess what I would like to emphasize is that there are different kinds of, there are different expressions and modalities of Satanism. Some can be more focused on offense and some might not be. I am personally at a point in my own Satanism where offense is an afterthought. I am not doing the things I do with the intent of offending anyone. And in part because I I find offending people unpleasant. I'm very conflict averse. I would I would rather be fisted than than have to deal with conflict. Like for real. I hate conflict more than just about anything. And so offending people creates conflict. And I don't like conflict. (laughs) So a lot lot of the no-brainer there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the offense that I that I garner <laughs> a lot of the offense that that I cause is really a side effect and not the central goal for me or the central purpose or focal point. And um i I think that these different forms of Satanism, of offense centric and not offense centric, they're both fine and they're both valid and they're both important at different stages in life, you know? And, and so I'm not going, I'm too much of a Satanist to tell people what they can or can't or should or should not do, you know, or, or what their Satanism should or should not be. I, I think it's fine. Um, I am at a point where my Satanism really isn't driven by offense. It is driven by the narrative. It's driven by the story of the figure of Satan. That's what it's about for
3: Going back to your article and kind of to put a little bit more of a, an upbeat spin on, on all of this. um, You, you went on to say that you find empowerment in your previously demonized identity, meaning being gay, mentally ill. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that empowerment and how you try to share that empowerment with others.
5: That is a really excellent question. How do I share it with others? So so first of all, in in terms of being um, embracing my previously demonized identity, uh, for me, of course that that is predominantly being gay. And I mean, to put it into perspective, I was in a setting where even the word gay was anathema, where even where where the word gay was a transgressive political, spiritual label that, Um, If you put it on yourself, you were uh, raising that identity above your identity of Christ follower and you were bringing evil into your life. So let alone even, you know, sucking a dude's dick or whatever, not even acting on it, just the word gay, just the identity was this, what I fought for that word. You know, I battled for that word emotionally. I struggled so hard to claim the word gay because it, it's like it, I was raised in this setting where to use the word gay to describe yourself, even if you weren't sexually active. Or even if you believed God was calling you to celibacy, even if you believed that you were attracted to the same sex, but you were called to, to quote unquote, chastity, um, even in that situation, using the word gay was too much. So I have fought for the word gay and gay is the it, it is to embrace deviancy really you know it it, the even the title gay for me the name gay was not neutral it was the it was like this this symbol of evil that i had to wrestle oh, yeah, an eternal
2: there. negative connotation yeah, like
5: yeah it was this symbol of evil that I had to wrestle from the church. It's also why I love the word queer. I love, you know, I know that that is a really sensitive word, especially for a lot of older gay, gay people because they were bullied with the word queer. I, yeah, I'm yeah, i LGBT
0: and I, I personally don't uh, like it or prefer it, but
5: that, that is totally okay. And I, I love personally the word queer because I, I love the deviant and disgusting and rebellious connotations of it. Yeah, Satanism is is really rooted in my identity as a as an LGBT person. It, it it is really rooted in the battle of having to claim a demonized identity and um and owning it, and that to me is very satanic. Uh, and so it's like Satanism is just one more layer. It's just one, one more way of celebrating that ownership, you know, um, in terms of how, Oh, what was the second part of your question? Giving that to others. Now, how do you try um, to
3: share that empowerment? With share others? that, yeah.
5: share that empowerment with others. Um, you know, my, my grocery store, it has a, a reputation for being very affirming of all different identities. And so my co-manager and I have worked really hard to create a space where all different gender identities and, and beliefs and religions can coexist. And sometimes it's ugly. Like, yes, when people try to work together and, and get together, then yeah, it's going to be ugly sometimes, but, but to, to create an environment where it's just all okay. And, and I'm really proud of that. I'm, of what me and my co-manager have done, uh, at our store. I think that that's one really practical way. And so, you know, we get a bunch of, we get a bunch of, uh, trans kids who, who have just come out and they start working with us because they hear that it's a safe place for trans people. I, I think of all the things that I have done in my work, I am most proud of that as As someone who, you know, in in my day job, I am most proud of that. And um, actively, yeah, you know, we have an obligation to to create space for people who might not be there yet. and i I really feel that. i I feel like we have this obligation, and by we, I mean, the rest of us deviants uh, have an obligation to, to uh, signal that there is a a space and to make space for people. I don't know that that's, um, I think that's how I try to do it.
3: Uh, Just to wrap it up, uh, any final thoughts on our topic of the day of Normie Satanists, maybe a a message you have to any of the other Normie Satanists that are out there.
5: Hmm. Uh, just keep being who you are. And I, I will say this. I th- I think one of the things that excites me the most about the Satanic Temple and just kind of watching from up here on my mountain in, in Appalachia, I call it the faggot ranch. So, you know, watching <laughs> watching from the faggot ranch, um, I've one of the things that excites me the most about the Satanic Temple community is The level of diversity of Satanists, you know, I I remember Lucian Greaves on his Patreon show had a group of um, indigenous Satanists uh, who were visiting Salem and they came from a reservation and they, they're TST people. It was, and I was just like, that is so beautiful it is i was just going to use that word (laughs) oh it was so beautiful and you know i've encountered um a lot of sex workers and a lot of trans people and a lot of lgbt people but also like a lot of stay-at-home moms and and a lot of um even christians you know that's that's the most bizarre you, you know people who are non-theistic christians there is uh there is one person who listens to the podcast he is a roman catholic theologian for who is um a non-theist and he is a Satanist as well. And he, he embraces it. He, he embraces Satanism as, as his religious identity, even though he works in the Catholic (laughs) church, you know, there's, it, it's, um, it's stuff like that, that, that makes me so happy about the Satanic temple community. It is, it is the level of diversity. And so the only thing I would say is just keep being who you are. And that will enable other people to uh, be who they are.
3: I don't think you could say it any better than that, Stephen. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing your thoughts on Normie
5: Satanism with, with all of us. It has been such a pleasure. This has been a lot of fun.
2: I did want to give you an opportunity, Stephen, to let uh, our listeners know how uh, they can find your work um, online. Um, you know, any social media you want to share. Um, And uh, definitely an opportunity to talk about your Patreon as well. So um, I figure you can go into podcast host mode and kind of go through that spiel for us just to provide that for our listeners.
5: Yeah. So basically everything I do can be found at StephenBradfordLong.com. So links to my podcast, to my Patreon. You can read my blog. You can reach my Discord server there. Um, You can follow my Twitter. I'm fairly active on Twitter, unfortunately, Um, (laughs) and uh, I'm trying to be less active on Twitter. But yeah, so StephenBradfordLong.com is the best way to find me.
0: So when you say giving yourself over to the community, can you talk a little bit more about what that means and why or why not people who have problems with that should necessarily, you know, learn to do it more or why they should stay hesitant like what what do you think about that?
5: Hmm. That's a great question and I I don't know, this is a bit of a tangent but I do want to affirm what you're saying. I had the exact same experience in in in, in a lot of LGBT and leftist spaces and honestly I was I was actually recording a show this this uh this afternoon and was talking about this how you know I get so angry about the things that I see in a lot of online leftist and LGBT spaces. Mm-hmm. It makes me so angry that I just tell myself that I have to log off because I'm afraid that it will blind me to how dangerous the theocrats are. Right. And, and that I, it will, that my rage will just like blind me because I do get very angry. But in my opinion,
0: they're both a little bit, I mean, well, they're both very dangerous in my opinion. They can
5: both be very, very, very toxic. And, and at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, all I have are my principles. All I have are my values. And I feel like just watching this is compromising my values of, compassion and reason. I am not going to be a compassionate person if I keep watching this.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So I just, no, I, I totally, I am struggling right along with you actually. Um, not so much in TST, but in other spaces. In, yeah. In and other I and I'd like to
0: take, you know, and it's not just, I don't want to feel like I'm like we're particularly ganging up on the LGBT community here. I don't want anybody to feel like that. Of course. It's not just, I just use them as my most uh, recent example. But, it, I mean, with Catholicism as well, just with other things that you go through life joining and experimenting with, um, this would be my newest one. And and like you fought for, uh, you know, the word queer and and sexual identity and and being able to come out and be yourself. I fought for a long time, eventually for the LGBT label, but also for the word individual, I feel like, at my core. So it's yes. very the word community is hard. And for the first time, up at least until now in my life, I feel like I've found something different in the TST community that really has the potential to to grow into something welcoming. And, and just to loop this back around again, but you mentioned schisms earlier, and you're happy that you found a community where these kinds of schisms that you saw like in the church and in other places you've been haven't necessarily happened or they haven't necessarily happened yet. Um, do you see that being, uh, like to be, do you see that being a reoccurring strong suit Mm. of the temple and what, what challenges around schisms particularly do you think that they're going to have to watch out for or?
5: Yeah. So it has actually already happened back in 2018. Um, some very prominent chapters and leaders uh, parted ways with TST in pretty ugly ways. Mm -hmm. And this was actually right after, I believe this was right after um, Hail Satan, the movie came out. Mm -hmm. And so 2018 was just like a traumatic year for everyone. And, you know, I was up here on my mountain, even feeling traumatized by it and i didn't really know anyone involved it was really fucking brutal and so it's it's always going to be messy because we're apes <laughs> 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 it is always going to be messy and honestly i have i have i i find m- writing and podcasting and making stuff kind of my security blanket. It's how I can be involved without physically showing up. (laughs) I, you know, And do you find
0: that to be healthier? I mean, not just for somebody like you, do you think that would be maybe a healthy method for most people either in the community right now or people interested in coming? Um, I love Appalachia. I, was recently yeah. there. I had the you know privilege of going on this awesome trip with with my friends to West Virginia. I mm. kind of want to live. I'm a very secluded private person. I want to live on a mountain like you one day. <laughs> I have yeah. my own little yellow house that's all mine and with my two kittens and it's it's beautiful. But I I was talking to another satanic friend uh, just even a few weeks ago and saying I, I'm really scared about the potential for these community problems that pop up and schisms and do you think it would be better like if I just kind of went off on my own and did art and like satanic art and and did things around satanism that still speak to me and mean a lot to me in isolation around beauty and not necessarily next to all of the necess- like the, the drama and the action do you think that's a healthier way overall to approach this for people who are hesitant
5: the only inspiration I can give you is that that is what I have done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say, I I have some fantastic friends within the satanic temple who are, who have become my best friends. And I talk to them regularly. I talk Mm -hmm. to them on a near daily basis. Um, I, but at the end of the day, my satanism is very private and very alone. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's, part of me i think that's my personality i am an extreme introvert i i am content to be alone on the mountain with my cats and that that's my personality and i think that there is room within satanism for those kinds of people at the same time uh there's there's also room for very engaged community. And I don't think either of those are wrong. I don't think either of those are preferable. I Mm -hmm. think it, it all has to do with circumstance. I think it all has to do with personality and uh, they both have their shortcomings. You know, I, in, in terms of what, what would, what would I say to someone who is, who has struggled with community and is just really leery? I would just say there's no hurry. I mean, nor is there any expectation. And you know, I kind of decided for for myself that satanism was so valuable to me that I that I wouldn't let it be spoiled by say Lucian Greaves turning out to actually be a terrible person if that ever was revealed you know like some scandal or or some you know like and I don't think that's going to happen I I actually I'm pretty calm I am (laughs) 99.99% sure that Lucian's actually a great guy or Malcolm's a great guy you know but But I but still, you know, I want my Satanism to be my Satanism, and I don't want it to belong to the community in such a way that it can be ruined by a community. It's mine. I don't want my this symbol of Satan, which has brought me so much empowerment. I don't want to. I want to share it with people. And I do. And I want community and I want engagement with other people and other Satanists. But. I'm ultimately a cat cats, you know, Jaron Lanier, great writer, great tech guy. He's one of the modern architects of our modern world. He says, be a cat. Cats were never fully domesticated. House cats aren't really domesticated. They came to us and they represent kind of the wildness, but, cooperative wildness that I think a lot of us aspire to. So be a cat, be individualistic enough so that you, you still have your own space, be individualistic enough so that you, you have your own Satan, but be uh, also be a house cat in that you can share it with others. That's what I have done, but also there's just no, there's no pressure and there's no expectation you know, and and if being on the edges is what works better for people,
0: that's great. All right. Thank you so much, Stephen. Uh, I had a great time, guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this this has been, has been, been,
5: I have enjoyed this so much. And uh, <laughs> seriously, anytime you want to hang out, just let me know. And maybe you guys can come on to Sacred Tension as well and we can keep chatting over there at some point we would be honored
0: i'd be so much fun this is becoming like one of my favorite parts of study hall is just (laughs) absorbing (laughs) all this information from brilliant people (laughs) so thank you so much yes uh, pleasure
2: it's it's been awesome uh so once again you can check out all of steven's work at stephenbradfordlong.com and just like we've said before it's been a pleasure to have you uh we look forward to diving down um some rabbit holes in the future with you i think that'll be fun And, um, and, and again, uh, everybody so you know, subscribe, check out the sacred tension podcast, um, and support, support Steven. Uh, and thank you for, you know, your presence, your commitment, uh, your follow through and just your overall, uh, contribution to the satanic community. Uh, this has been an awesome interview and we were really honored to have you here.
5: It has been great. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you. All right. Hail Satan, everybody. Hail
5: Hail Satan. Hail Satan
2: all right now it's time to take care of a little bit more business uh let y'all know how to find us on social media so you can stalk us and send us sh- fucking hate mail as johnny likes to say uh
1: people are sending me actual questions
2: oh for life coach yeah <laughs> i, I fucking haven't gotten know. one piece of hate mail yet that's that's wild me off. that yo life coach Minnesota number two holy shit
1: people are seeking your wisdom I don't know
2: why. Yeah, we got anything. a couple I noticed an email we got a couple of new ones and yeah, too. Yeah,
1: that's pretty cool. It's actually very humbling.
2: They're piling up. This yeah. wasn't this wasn't even supposed mm-hmm. to be a real thing.
1: <laughs> I know, it wasn't. It was just a dumb commercial for not for uh blowing ghosts off.
2: It, it, was, it was your oh, team. I
1: almost said blowing ghost. That would have been bad. Bl- <laughs> 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 I said
2: off. For blowing Papa Shango.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fucking Papa Shango.
0: Uh, sorry, ghost.
2: Sorry. Opus, sorry, not sorry. Yes, yeah, so social media. Um, we have a Facebook. Y'all know that? Um, Satanic
3: Study Hall? Facebook.com slash Satanic Study Hall.
1: Well,
2: well done. Well done.
3: Some of us use the search engine, dick.
2: Let's see. Uh, do we? What else do we have? I don't know. I'm I'm stoned.
3: Twitter at Satanic S H capital S capital H they do matter.
2: Ooh, so close.
1: The S in Satanic is capitalized too. Right? Oh, there you go, Johnny. I Johnny. was referring to both S's. Oh, well, we should have said two S's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Specificity. <laughs> yes, it makes a difference.
1: I don't know what Instagram is, so I'll stay quiet on that one.
2: I think I think we're at Satanic Study Hall. Just oh, that's it. Yeah, just Satanic All one Study word. Hall. Uh, on right. on Instagram too. I think we also have. I don't. Does Belial have his own Instagram? I'm gonna be completely fucking honest. I yeah, don't I think use he, Instagram. Think Belial, think the the ba- ba- does.
3: Belial the Baffinus.
2: So he's got his own Instagram. Yep. All right. Perfect. And Principal Pan's coming up soon with a cash app and an Instagram. Sweet. That motherfucker is gonna start two dollars. No, you're gonna be able to bribe bribe him out of detention soon. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I heard a rumor. Nice. So motherfucker is making a cash app, and you can cash out from twenty bucks and skip a day of detention.
0: Nice. Sweet.
2: Yeah. Yes, he's putting I also it, love that he's putting it towards one of his uh, <laughs> numerous habits. Apparently, <laughs> and he
1: did that like in the beginning of the year. He'd be rich. Yeah, right? the longer
2: the, the longer he works here, Principal Pan, the the more I kind of like that guy. He's an interesting fucker.
1: Right, he's alright
2: <laughs> As long as he's, stop calling me out about my hemorrhoids and shit, i <laughs> fucking appreciate that, Principal Pan um what else do we got uh we have a discord and i don't know the link and i gotta send you a link for it so if you want the link to discord who do they have to message for discord dennis dennis message dennis morningstar um he is at denny bag of donuts on twitter as well he's in the goat farm you should uh f- be familiar with good old denny bag of donuts um he can send you the discord link we have a twitch twitch.tv slash satanic underscore study, underscore hall. Twitch is going to kick off March. Who's playing video games with me? I will. I am. You're all I fucking playing games. video. Even Depend, you. Depending what? Even Veronica. I'm the, all about too. The valedictorian's going to put down the book and pick up a controller for me oh, she's geez. gonna give it a shot this
0: Jeez. is peer pressure yeah
2: it is, she it must is. Gonna hell on you it's a team building activity oh, how many times and the we world say, gets to see us do it
3: how nice. many times are we gonna have to say oh man we have to go back and see veronica again
2: we can pick some really fucking cool four-player games and by that time i'm gonna have a four-player arcade in this house nice. oh yeah i'll show you a picture of it after we get off the air but yeah i'm i never buy shit for myself i'm buying a toy (laughs) thank you federal fucking government yeah there you go fucking dickheads uh so we are at the special thanks shout out and fuck offs uh portion of our uh show here um so i guess i'm i'm gonna be quick i just want to say thank you to you know virtual headquarters once again and just it was an awesome experience and then of course Stephen bradford long Stephen, it was a pleasure to have you uh rhett alex and you know everybody that's you know holding it down and contributing to this little community it's fucking awesome anybody else
3: so i'm not sure exactly how this is going to come out but um, the one thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, the one thing that's really impressed me about Satanism is the search for truth. And one of the truths is that we've learned through this Normie Satanist series is you can be who you are and not change who you are to be a Satanist. And, uh, yeah, that applies to a lot of things. A lot of the truths about Satanism that people don't realize, people want to ignore, they don't accept. Like, you know, you don't need to actually literally worship a Satan. You don't need to fall into any type of stereotypes. You don't need to, you know, you can do as little or or as much for Satanism. And, you know, you you can contribute in your own little way. So, you know, I'm proud to have said that I was a part of this and helping to contribute to that truth. and, And as the saying goes, what, you know, can be destroyed by truth must be. Uh, it is done Hail Satan thank you to all of our guests I was just absolutely thrilled to be a part of this and looking forward to helping uh, spread the truth about a lot more of Satanism in the future awesome
2: Veronica,
0: I want to give a special thanks to everybody. We've pretty much shouted out already, but thank you so much, Stephen Bradford Long. Thanks, Mason. Thanks, Alex and Rhett and Walter and Al for putting this all together again. Um, And just everybody we've talked to, I do a lot of aggressive (laughs) vetting uh, before I delve fully into communities. So I want to thank every single one of our guests for letting me ask my questions as kind of bluntly and forcefully as I've been doing it um, because I'm learning a lot. And I, I want somebody else who are in these newer positions who are scared to just delve in as much as I am and, and specifically um, on this subject for appearance reasons or what they, they think they should look, act, and and be like. Um, I want everybody to, to know what they're getting into or at least be able to have a community that is uh, willing to to answer questions, and so far I have gotten that, so that's been really special to me. So those are my special thanks, guys.
2: Awesome. Um, and you know, um, just to kind of build off something that Al was saying, and <clears throat> my takeaway from this is I'm actually eliminating the phrase "normie Satanist" from my vocabulary because I'm I'm ending this journey thinking and realizing that there there really is there such thing. You know what I mean? We're Satanists. And while there might be a, you know, classification of a normie Satanists, um, putting anybody in any bucket, you know, at the end of the day, I I think it's just you know, it's pointless. We are who we are and we've we've come together. It's us as as a group, people in the goat farm. Um we've we've there's a lot of people that are coming together from the fact and and of normy Satanism and you know, people not, you know, like we've been talking about in this whole journey, you know, fitting the mold from a visual standpoint. But um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. I think I'm going to leave with this, and I'm, I'm going to try not to say "normie Satanism." You know, we just not that it's. I think it's derogatory or offensive. But we're Satanists, yep. And and I appreciate what everybody brings to the table. You know, I appreciate the artistic value of aesthetics and piercings and tattoos. I think they're fucking awesome. I also appreciate the, you know, the aesthetics of people being comfortable in their own skin and marching to the beat of their own drum and wearing whatever the fuck that they want to wear, whether it's khakis and polo shirts and zero tattoos and or, or you know, the complete inverted piece of that. So, um, no, I, I I learned a lot talking to Mason and Stephen and, you know, listening to Rhett and Alex and Walter on our on our part one, this has been real fucking cool. Yeah. So on that note, um, what better time than to just say goodbye? Um, thank you all for being here. It has been another fantastic little journey, and we will see you next time. Abba Satanis. Abba,
3: Abba Satanis. 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 Ring that Ooh. bell. Ooh. yes is
6: dismissed.